Welcome to Entremont to F.P. Wellman. I'm your host, F.P. Wellman. Look, you know, I want to start the show off on a serious note this week and apologize to the entire clown community. I know in the past I've said things like the Republican House Caucus is a clown car, a clown show, a clown rodeo. And I just feel like I've been hearing that I've been offending the clown community because after all, the clown community does provide a valuable service to the nation. They provide humor. They're organized. They actually practice what they're doing and know the rules as opposed to the Republican House Caucus that doesn't know shit, do they? <laughs> so I just want to start off on that serious note that unless, you know, I don't mean to offend any of the clowns. I mean, I won't use that term. Well, I probably will use the term again, but. A sincere apology to all clowns for comparing them to the House Republican Caucus. So let's get on with the show and talk about this goat rodeo. Back. I'm Fred Wellman with the host of On Democracy with F.P. Wellman. You're still here. I'm still here. You're back in the Moz Touch Network. Look, it came to my attention while the music was playing that I offended the goat community. I apologize. Goats, of course, do provide valuable things to the community. They eat weeds and poop, unlike the Republican House Caucus, which just poops everywhere. Nonetheless, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about, so, you know, chaos reigns in Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, Joe Biden and his administration are flying around the world, building coalitions, making deals and getting stuff done. Yes, that's the exact same opening I've used for four weeks. <laughs> four weeks. Four weeks I've used the exact same sentence to start the show, and it's true every week. And that is the insanity of the moment we face. It is crazy. Now, it took a very dark turn this week, so it's a little bit hard to joke. Um, the horrible terror in, in, in Israel, um, a true war, just a, a dark day, a truly there, 9-11, especially if you look at the number of people killed, 25 Americans we know of. This is very serious time in the world and we have no house. The Republicans 10 days ago decided to fire their house speaker and still are killing each other trying to come up with a new one. Meanwhile, the 45-day CR ticks down to zero. We have no government funding. We cannot do a special bill or funding for our, our, our Israeli allies. We have U.S. service members going into danger with the fifth fleet which has no commander and deputy commander with central command which has no deputy commander with israel into israel where there's no ambassador in lebanon where there's no ambassador all because of the republicans in congress between the house and the senate so there's a lot to talk about this week i got the perfect guest it's because this is the midas crossover event of the year i'm terribly excited commonly known just as popak it's michael popak 30-year national trial lawyer strategist at zampano patricios and popak off this is New York, Miami, Las Vegas. I don't know where you are right now, Popak, <laughs> but he co- oh, in, 20, in New York. In New York. In New York. Yeah. yeah. In 2020, he co-founded and the co-host of one of the top global podcasts devoted to the intersection of, uh, of law and politics, Legal AF, right here in the Myest Touch Network, our most popular show, I think. Man, I am so glad to have you on the show, brother. Thanks for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. I big fan of yours in, in the dark watching you. <laughs> love the show. Lo- and I love the time slot because, you know, justice um, – operates better in the sunshine yeah and what you do though in the dark at least for most of the world is really really important and when i appreciate I had the opportunity to join you yeah i jumped at the, i jumped at the chance i really appreciate it it's a, it's a great it's great fun i've had a great time the last six months here in the network and it's just such a cool opportunity but man there's a lot going on and so much it touches on your world so i was so excited to get you on the show i know it's kind of short notice i mean obviously as we as we're sitting here uh cutting the show the republican caucus is meeting once again um we're hearing they're eating each other alive uh not able to get their stuff together whatsoever um once again and I guess Jim Jordan has talked about putting his name in the hat. Um, you know, it, it's just a mess right now. I mean, what happens next, do you think? Yeah, I don't think Jim Jordan um, ever took his name out of the hat. He yeah, is obviously Jim Donald Jordan. Trump's um, uh, choice. Donald Trump is going to be the power broker here, um, much to everybody that loves democracy's chagrin. <sighs> I, I think our press secretary uh, used a great word. I love this word, shambolic. <laughs> to explain what's going on with the Republican caucus. It's just a shambles. Yep. They are incapable of leading. They are yeah. incapable of operating the House. I think the voters will have to punish them appropriately at the ballot box yep. in November because um, rather than do what's right for America, what do, do what's right for justice, 
all they're doing is talking points for Donald Trump and doing a proxy war for Donald Trump. I mean, all Donald Trump had to say in order to get the votes to be to be scraped away from Scalise was, I don't know, he's got cancer or something. And that was enough. And everybody said, "Okay, that must be the signal that I'm not supposed to vote for Scalise. And so they all ran away from him when you can't even get George Santos to vote for you. Okay, you know your your candidacy is doomed. Right. But and and then Trump, of course, has always supported uh, Jordan. And the question is, is Jordan going to get to 217? Can they count to 217? You know, AOC had a great line, Fred, you and I talked about it yesterday. AOC had a great line. I don't don't know if she wrote it herself or was written for it, but it was we're closer to moderate Republicans. Yes, they exist voting in to count to five to vote for Hakeem Jeffries for speaker than we are them finding the seven or eight that they need to make their guy the speaker. Yep. That, that's where we are right now. But the impact is not just the symbolicness of having a speaker. Right. The House of Representatives cannot operate and function without a speaker. And I want to pull that thread for you because that's a little bit confusion, right? Because there was rumors, right, of them trying to empower McHenry with more power as the acting speaker. That's not a thing, right? Well, there you go. Only if the Democrats agree to that. And the reason, Fred, on that, you'll play your clip. The reason for it is McHenry, as the speaker, whatever, temporary tempor of the House, has only very minimal powers to help with the process to select the real speaker. Right. Absent that, appropriations bills for wars for our allies can't get passed or promoted. Resolutions like condemning Hamas, um, anything related to Ukraine, war powers ultimately given to a president can't be done. It's not funny. I mean, we're as Democrats, we're sort of snickering about yeah, what's going on. I know. But we are at a time of war related to our allies. Yeah. And this is not a time for our enemies to be snickering and laughing about what democracy looks like in the hands of MAGA Republicans. I did a whole, I did a hot take on, I did two hot takes technically this week on just that, that, you know, one of the big talking points during the week was that the reason Hamas did what they did is because Joe Biden's projecting weakness. And I pointed out, no, what they're seeing is a democracy that can't govern, right? They're, they're, they're seeing the Republic, they're seeing people who conducted, a, you know, a, a, essentially a coup not being prosecuted. They see the leading candidate for president for a party have 91 charges against him uh, and literally say in a filing, that he wasn't required to support the Constitution. I mean, that's what they're seeing, and the, and the House shows that. Um, so they really can't do anything right now. And then you said, you know, as you mentioned, George Santos, I, I think he came out of the caucus yesterday because they weren't allowed to have phones because they're all fucking, uh, I did the F word, because <laughs> they're all fucking children. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny. Every time I do this, Michael, I say I'm going to edit it out, and Matt never edits it. <laughs> but anyway, we say, that's what we would do one take, and that's it. <laughs> but nonetheless, George fucking Santos came out of the damn, uh, you know, the caucus with with more charges against him and still still a member in good standing. Yeah. So on your other point, if you were Hamas and you were trying to pick the ideal moment to hit Israel, this is this would be the ideal moment because because of a number of things having nothing to do with weakness, quite the opposite for Joe Biden. You would want to try to stop. Biden's policy to try to bring Saudi Arabia into a Middle East peace solution, yeah. which they're very close. They were very close to doing. You don't want that if you're Hamas. Right. You don't want the Saudis and the United States. You know, you got Biden holding his nose over human rights violations in Saudi Arabia in order for the greater good to have peace in the Middle East with Saudi Arabia on board. You don't want that if you're Hamas. If you're watching Tommy Tuberville, who we should launch in a rocket into into Gaza, yeah. right, today, blocking at least nine major military, you'll talk about yeah. it, you're the military guy here, yeah. nine major military yep. appointments. We've got a Senate that is also, even though it's, it's ruled by a couple of vote margin by the Democrats, which has not um, gotten into place all of the ambassadors and all of the dip- diplomats that we need around the world yep. that Joe Biden has nominated. We do not currently have an ambassador to Israel. Yep. We have an acting attache, uh, charge d'affaires that's running around. We don't have an ambassador. And all of this has to do with, with that kind of chaos. So if you're looking at, if you're as Hamas, they got, we have a weak, ineffectual, shambolic Congress We've got Joe Biden trying to make a deal with with the Saudis, which they yeah. don't like. Yeah. And then we got Tommy Tuberville, who's weakened and hollowed out 
our military. Yep. Perfect time to strike, don't you think? Yeah, and that's exactly what we're saying. And and it is. And 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 obviously a lot of planning went into this. Um, the, we'll talk about the intelligence fair, especially on the uh, the Israeli side. But that's exactly what we've been saying. Is that, and this is all because of the MAGA Republicans. This is all because of Tuberville and using the the the, the rules and the norms and traditions. One of the things I say a lot in the show is uh, we're going to norms and traditions ourselves into fascism, right? <laughs> you know, because these rules, these archaic rules that don't allow us. And it drives me crazy. I constantly see in my mentions people saying. Well, you know, the, at this point, this is the Democrats' fault. It's like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> you know, it's like it's you know, like like a reporter just asked KJP yesterday, saying, "Well, you know, what are the Democrats going to do to help the Republicans get out of this jam?" And she, I, I, I love her look on her face, like, "What?" <laughs> you know, I'm. I, what do you answer? I mean, what do you say to people when they say, "Well, the Democrats need to save the Republicans on this"? Well, well okay. So first of all, this split screen triangulation, right? Which, Clinton, Clinton came up with, and Biden is obviously a master of, of let the house burn yep. up to the point where they can't, where I need appropriations for Israel next week. Right. So, so they're going to have to temporarily empower McHenry, or they're going to have to deal with Jordan, who, who will be the speaker of the house if he can get his 217. But because uh, we got about a week or two before the Israelis need cash. Yeah. Right now, material is moving around. Yeah. You know, they got the four storehouses of of weapons that yep. have been. I didn't even know they were in Israel all this time. They're going to unlock those doors, Lots let all that off of the Saudi US Arabia side. too. We got a lot of stuff right. in the Middle East. European community is kind of busy wringing its hands about you know what's going on the humanitarian crisis, but you got to focus on the war right now, uh, and we'll deal with the humanitarian crisis that's been created by Hamas at the end. But having said that. Um, we, we gotta, we gotta, as you said, get away from the norms. We got to find a way around Tuberville. We've got to get all of those military leaders in their right places, in their right theaters, yep. get their families in their right places and, and not undermine the foreign policy of America. We have one president at one time for a reason. Yep. Only one person is empowered under our constitution to conduct foreign policy. Yep. And that is the current occupant. President Joe Biden. Yep. We've got a shadow government and a shadow president who thinks he's allowed it. By the way, it's, it's actually against the Constitution and it, it is a crime for you to try to conduct foreign policy uh, or undermine foreign policy. It goes beyond the First Amendment. Yep. You got so you got Donald Trump trying to run his own foreign policy, undermining our allies, supporting our enemies in a speech because he's pandering to Jewish voters in Florida. Yep. This should be another indictment, as yep. far as I'm concerned. Yep, I agree. And 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 you and you said something very key there is that these positions need to be passed, and it's not up. It, it's not necessarily up to you know the tumor these guys. They have to be put in place because they are. Con- and I want to tell our viewers to understand one of the things that the trouble has been saying is well, there's acting commanders. It's fine, but the problem with that is the acting commanders also still say maybe he's the commander of Asian. He's working in Asia. He's not right. working in the Middle East. It's not. It, it, it's funny how I often get veterans in my mentions are like, well, when I was in, we didn't have a company commander. Well, the the, the XO just stepped up. It's not that big a deal. It's like. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> That's a hundred man company compared to the Middle East. I mean, like the acting, com- the new commander for Sencom may actually be currently stationed in Japan. You can't do the job from Japan, you know, so which means and, nobody's and in Japan. On your earlier point on the non, on the non-military side. Yeah. To, to answer the question, how, isn't this the Democrats fault? Look, right. Could we give up on abortion rights and women's right to choose right. and solve Tuberville's problem for Alabama which is he doesn't like the fact that the, the that Biden is using you know the Florida. military and military bases for abortions. Yeah. Um, sure, we could also give up on our entire moral and political agenda as a yeah. party uh, and just immolate ourselves in order to satisfy Tuberville, but we're not going to do that. So, but the other way around it is, I I do agree with you. They got to do something procedurally. I know it'll take time to do it the old-fashioned way, right? But and it may take a week per. Um, per yeah. person, yeah, per, per to get them into the military position if they do it procedurally around Tuberville, but they got to do that, yeah, because Agreed. we can't keep sitting here looking at nine empty holes here, nine or ten really important holes over on the diplomacy side, yep, including an ambassador for Israel. Jake Lou has been nominated, yep, he's supposed to be called up by the Senate next week, 
we need an ambassador for Israel right now. It's not just dropping bombs. Right. It's diplomacy working with Blinken and the State Department to try to get the region not to be set on fire at the same time. And I, I have also been framing this a little bit in conversations as sort of a constitutional crisis. And, and a lot of my a lot of folks I talk to don't understand that what's happening here is a single senator. You know, is is decided he doesn't like a national policy, and he's going to use his privilege as a senator to block promotions to change national policy. Just one senator, and in our constitutional process, if a senator wants to change national policy, pass a law, pass a bill, he writes the bill, he submits it to, he gets co-sponsors, he submits it to committee, passes a committee, he gets it to the floor, gets voted on. That's the process for a senator to do their job. If we give in to just a single senator. Holding us hostage over a policy doesn't like that is a can. It's just like, again, it's like negotiating a terrorist. You are truly opening up a can of worms that this won't be the first time and won't be the last time that they've done this. And we'll see more and more of this when senators figure out that all they got. And people say to me all the time, you know, is is Tuberville working for Putin? He must be on their payroll. No, he's a fucking idiot. That's literally it. I mean, people just seem shocked when I tell them that. No, he's an idiot and he's lazy. That's one thing everybody says about Tuberville always. He's really a lazy, lazy guy. And and this was the easiest thing to do because it's really hard to write a bill, get a committee, get a congressman. You know? So he's doing the laziest, easiest thing. And he pushed himself in a corner because this thing went on for now seven months. He's the darling of the right, the darling of the anti-abortion folks. And now he's in a corner. And uh, sometimes I tell people all the time, the easiest answer is the, the, the most obvious one, which is that Tuberville is just a asshole yeah he, you know he calls himself and a staff calls him coach coach and after oh that description God. all i think about is the coach on cheers <laughs> work, <laughs> right work at the bar it's the <laughs> right? same guy yeah it is now and he's a senator he's, and and uh but he's really and you know you could speak to it uh better than than me or anybody else he's really um jeopardizing national security yeah national defense it's it's not it's not a talking point anymore no it is a serious national crisis one that our enemies are um hell-bent on taking advantage of and exploiting you're supposed to come together uh, you know we just saw israel yep. which has its own the other thing i left out about timing is you you had a israeli community that was in turmoil over the hard right wing of right. their government having undermined and destroyed their Supreme Court with soldiers, you know, it seems like so long ago, but a month or two ago, taking to the streets in hundreds of thousands yep. to protest the attempt to, to take away the power of uh, uh, the checks and balance power of the Israeli Supreme Court. But now Hamas doing what it did to kill 1,500 is innocent Israelis and bullet riddle babies has led to a unity war government yep. where the uh, where the minority Benny Gans is now joined with Netanyahu because he also used to be the chief of staff of the army yep. um in a in a time of pulling together in crisis to fight a war that is that should, Israel is showing us how to run a democracy. Well, how it's always been. You and I are old enough to remember that's how it was. In a time of crisis, we came together. We supported yes. the president. This Republican Party did exactly the opposite. Within 10 seconds, they were attacking the president and not even doing truth. Like Ted Cruz saying, oh, it, it took Biden forever to say something. He said the same day. He gave a passionate speech. You know, it's just they yeah. just they, all they do is attack, attack and undermine undermine national security, undermine our military. And for me, as a, as a career military guy, I mean, I literally went to West Point. My, my first day was Reagan. You know, I think Reagan was at our graduation. You know, it's, it's you're talking 1983, for God's sake. It yeah, was well, a you, got, you and I are peers. I, yeah. I, I, started, I started college in 84. Well, there you go. Yeah, we are. And that's rare. We're the old man of this network, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? No, yeah. We're like fine bourbon. <laughs> that's it right there. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's the thing. And now it's the exact opposite, right? Not only they not only they not come there they're literally undermining the effort they're attacking yeah. the effort uh it's it's, it's i never i never fred i never saw such a thing i've been a no. democrat my entire life i come yeah. from a family of democrats that's how i grew up and i because it the, the party has always aligned with my morals and that's just right how i pick a party but when reagan was the president when bush was the president bush was the president whoever was the president at the time except yeah. for the the criminal ones like right. Nixon and and Donald Trump, they were always my president until they weren't my president. Even if I didn't agree and I used my First Amendment rights to disagree with policy yeah. and, and different things, um, which I did and, and, and criticized them. However, they were my president, especially at time of war. 9-11, the attack on America, it didn't yeah. matter who was in the White House. Right. 
because they weren't going to use it for political gain. Now Donald Trump, as soon as there is some event, a ripple in the world that deals with foreign policy or national security, he's up there undermining the current occupant, which you're not supposed to do. Look, he's not the only, as I said, I'm on a hot take of mine on the Legal AF podcast that I co-anchor. He is not the only living ex-president. Right. I mean, Jimmy Carter is still alive. We have Carter, we have Bush, we have Clinton, we have Obama, not one of them, despite being at having their own foundations with their names on it, their own institutes, they are not conducting foreign policy. They're not undermining the foreign policy of the sitting president, regardless of their party. This guy, every day, every way. It goes beyond campaigning and talking about what your agenda would be if you got elected. And it has to do with, this is treason as far as I'm concerned, to continue to undermine in a time of war and attack our allies inconsistent with American foreign policy. And it goes exactly where it's always been. I think it's a perfect place to take a break. Got some great sponsors this week. Let's take a break for our sponsors. You know, someone told me there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in just a matter of months. I wouldn't have believed it. Well, then I tried Qualia Senolytics. You know, as we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and pains, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy that I know so well, all associated with that middle-aged feeling. Now, also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and serving a no useful function for your health anymore, but they're taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. You know, much like pruning the yellow and dead leaves and plants in my garden, Qualia Senolytic removes those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in your body. You take it just two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, as well as gluten-free. And the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. But best of all, on top of all that, you have a 100-day money-back guarantee. And since taking Qualia Senolytics, I have had higher energy levels. I feel 15 years younger, more productive, enthusiastic in life. Not to mention, importantly for me, less aches and pains. Now, resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash Fred for up to $100 off and then use code Fred at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Fred for an extra 15% off of your purchase. And man, thanks Neurohacker for sponsoring our show. You know, I'm older, so heart health and staying healthy, especially when you have a family you want to be able to spend time with as much as possible is so, so important. We all have a heartfelt reason to support our blood pressure. In fact, more than half the U.S. population would benefit from blood pressure support. So Superbeats Heart Shoes are an easy and convenient way to support healthy blood pressure, and they promote heart-healthy energy. Paired with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants of Superbeats are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And with over 30,000 five-star reviews and counting, Super Beats Heart Shoes are having their moment. Super Beats Heart Shoes are incredibly delicious and so much better than any alternative supplements out there. I take my Super Beats Heart Shoes each morning. It's really kickstarted my morning routine. After taking my Super Beats Heart Shoes, I feel like I have more energy and I'm ready to take on the day. Super Beats is the number one pharmacist-recommended beat brand for cardiovascular health support. It's blood pressure support you can trust. Double your potential with Super Beats Heart Shoes. Now, get a three, free 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Shoes and 15% off your first order by going to GetSuperBeats.com using promo code FRED. That's GetSuperBeats.com and use promo code FRED at checkout. I hope you'll check it out. Thank you, Super Beats, for sponsoring our show. You know, you said something so key before the break uh, about Trump, sedition, traitor, and attacking and that's a great place to talk about Trump, right? I mean, I was talking to a good friend, actually Rachel Vimmond, a former guest of the show, uh, who, who, unlike you and I, who are constantly immersed in looking at this guy, and much to my chagrin, my life has become watching Donald Trump. Um, you know, I'm seeing the arc, but Rachel pointed out she, she doesn't she doesn't dabble as much in watching him. And because of that, she's a little bit more distant, and she's clearly seeing that there is something going on with Donald Trump, that there is there is definitely a, a diminishing of his uh, mental capacities, his mental capabilities. And I'm seeing it the, the way, having had a father who was in his 80s, um, who kind of lost that filter, was the biggest thing we noticed my dad, like uh, those, he's a World War II vet. He was a little crass. I mean, he's, he's from Boston. I'll let you, I'll let you, you know, actually he's from Lynn, Mass. If you know Lynn, Mass in the 1930s, 
when my dad lost his filter, it went a certain direction. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? Appropriate not, yeah, show, yeah, not appropriate to the show and not appropriate to my values, which is why I have them. <laughs> uh, I love him. I love him. But man, he went woo. And um, and that's what we're seeing with Trump. Right. But I, you saw that speech the other night praising Hamas, praising uh, Chinese. Hezbollah. Yeah. Hezbollah is being smart. Um, I think are you seeing the same thing, aren't you? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, and I did it. I didn't know I was going to bring it full circle and square the circle with you here on this podcast. Oh, here we I are. About it. I talked about it a week ago when we were covering the first three days that Donald Trump, two and a half days that Donald Trump attended uh, the, uh, the fraud case of the century in yeah. New York that's against him. Yeah. And, um, or as, or as Letitia James, the New York attorney general like to call it, the, the Donald Trump show has left or the circus, the circus, <laughs> yeah. uh, circus is a better a metaphor because a better you've got, you got bright lights, a lot of noise, mm -hmm. and then an elephant is crapping and somebody has to clean up behind <laughs> it. And, and, and that's Donald Trump. I mean, as the Republican, right. It's perfect. It, it smells too. <laughs> and it smells. And I saw Donald Trump come out for these little, mini press breaks, yeah. the press press conferences inside that courthouse. And I practiced in that courthouse at 60 Center Street. I've been in the courtroom mm. and practiced law there wow. and done trials the way that he has. So I, can, I think I'm especially I'm in a unique position to talk about it. Yeah. He looked like somebody who, having heard just two days of testimony, and at that point it was Don Bender, his former longtime 12-year accountant and auditor, for all things Trump, including Trump personally, who was dumping on Trump and connecting the dots to the fraud, linking it to Donald Trump particularly. When he came out for that second or third um, press break or before he went to Wendy's, Fred, <laughs> he looked like a guy who had aged about 10 years hmm. just listening to the testimony in there. It's one thing hmm. to be at a press conference or a rally or an interview on friendly network television. Uh, it's another thing to sit to the methodical presentation of evidence and witnesses against you. While, and mm. he looked, his, his complexion looked terrible. He was rambling on. Um, and I told our group, I said, he looks like a guy that's seen a ghost. Hmm. And so that for me was the beginning of seeing how much he's aged because and, and he would, you think presidents age while they're in office? Yeah. What do you think Donald Trump who has nine trials in seven months, right. including three major criminal trials in a civil fraud case that's looking to take a half a billion dollars off of him. What do you think that's doing to his sleep patterns? Right. What do you think that's doing to his eating patterns or his nervous system? Okay, so that's one. Secondly, he's slurring all day long every time he takes to a podium. Yeah. I mean, he's almost becoming incomprehensible just yeah. the slurring. Yeah. You know, he, he just can't get his teeth out of the way of his tongue nope. when he talks, which is also you usually assigned i'm no i am no neurologist we are not neurologists c but i got important. a mother who's got frontal lobe dementia uh -huh. okay uh -huh. and who's 87 yeah. and, I, and this guy's 80 yeah. and i'm watching the beginnings of it and then the stuff that you're talking about which is the tourette syndrome like outbursts yeah. of mother effer and bullshit and yep. all you know it just to which to he never did before which he never, he never didn't did do that before. before he didn't yeah now he's a foul mouth yep like, like you said, the mind mouth barrier has been eliminated yep. for Donald Trump. And because he's under a tremendous amount of pressure, it's have, it's degrading his mental capacity. It, you can, you can see it. He's, he's becoming dysfunctional, yeah. almost mentally dysfunctional, yeah. which is, which is great for justice because eventually he's going to have to either take a stand or not take a stand in one of these court proceedings. Right. And we know from his deposition in the, to the attorney general just six months ago that he's lost his fastball. Wait till he takes the stand in front of a judge or a jury. And especially if he decides against all the advice of his counsel to testify in one of his criminal cases. Wow. It's just going to expedite him getting put in an orange jumpsuit being sent off to jail. Well, and I think, I think the thing is he, he, he's had a whole life. I'd say it a lot in the show. He's had a whole life of marketing one guy, Donald Trump, and he's been a master of avoiding any, any kind of, he's never paid a price for anything, right? He's never, he's never. And, and what you say, what you describe right there, sitting in an actual courtroom, having someone in an open courtroom with reporters sitting there recording it all, telling him, you know, telling on his lies. 
I'm not sure that's happened really. I mean, there's been you know, there's always been the lawsuits here and there, but you know, he's done mm-hmm. like you said, he's done depositions. But sitting in a courtroom hearing nope. evidence, like I don't think it's ever happened. First time ever at 78 First years time. old, and this is a man who's built up a, f- a foundation in his own brain, his addled whatever echoey brain that he's invincible, and and I think he's finding out it's not. Uh, and you're right. I, I think that's why he's not doing debates. I don't know if you feel the same uh, way. I totally, I, they right? Don't want he's not, he doesn't have the mental acuity to right. do a debate right now, or, right. or the. Or, right. And they know they can't prep him for it. The uh, E. Jean Carroll, he decided to go to Scotland and do a golf course yep. opening yep. Uh, while threatening to come back to testify, which he never did. And he never will, even in the second Agreed. E. Jean Carroll rape and defamation case and punitive damages, yeah. case, which is scheduled for January the 15th. Um, he'll never he'll <laughs> never do that. And he'll never he can barely go outside and do five minute bursts and outbursts of information um, when he wants to try to catch the news cycle, because he's just treating this like a campaign, like a whistle blow, yeah. uh, you know, a whistle stop, a campaign stop for him. That's all he's doing. There's a rumor he's coming on Tuesday for Michael Cohen to testify. I just did a hot take on this for the for the legal for Midas Touch. Um, first of all, he's coming back to New York to sit for a deposition for Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, yeah. the two former FBI employees who got canned when they worked on the Mueller investigation and he took credit for Peter Strzok being canned and Lisa Page had her text messages with her then boyfriend, Peter Strzok blasted all over social media through the, through the proxies for Donald Trump. But Amy Berman Jackson, a judge in DC supported and upheld by an appellate court in DC is forcing him to give a deposition on Tuesday for two hours in that case, even against the department of justice, department of justice doesn't want Donald Trump to be deposed. One of those strange bedfellow things where they're defending the office of the presidency, not Donald Trump particularly. And therefore it looks like they're on Trump's side, but they're not really. He, so he's got to come for that, but right, right. I don't know where in Manhattan that's going to be in some law office, I assume, but somewhere within 20 minutes away, Michael Cohen, who is the reason he doesn't get enough credit for this. He is the reason there is a civil fraud case going on right now. It's because of his 2019 testimony to the house in which he said, buried within a lot of things that Michael said, was a one-liner that Donald Trump has a history of inflating fraudulently his assets to increase his net worth for borrowing and at the same time deflating them in order to pay less in taxes. And at the time, the Manhattan DA, Cy Vance at the Mm. time, and Letitia James hadn't been elected yet, but as soon as Letitia James heard that and then got elected, she said, that's the investigation I want to go after Donald Trump for. He's a charlatan. He's a snake oil salesman. And I want to bring him down over that. Cy Vance eventually said, sure, that sounds like a great idea on the criminal side. But then he left office and his replacement, Alvin Bragg, after a year of looking at the evidence. And frankly, he had his own issues with Michael Cohen as a witness, yeah. said, yeah, I'm going to pass on the uh, criminal part of the fraud case. I'll get him on Stormy Daniels. Letitia James, Office of Attorney General, went forward with with her case. But this is the first time, Fred, ever that he's watched what I refer to as a boa constrictor. The slow presentation, methodical, page by page of fraudulent financial statements through witnesses, including two major insider witnesses Mm. for the Trump organization, the bag men, the money men, the chief financial officer that he got from his father who committed fraud for his father 50 years ago, the chief controller who reports the CFO all testifying against him. He's never seen this before. This is, this is squeezing the life out of him. He's in the clutches of Letitia James and she's loaded for bear. As is before we talk about (laughs) Jack Smith, (laughs) before we talk about the other ones, I mean, and, and oh, by the way, he's trying to run for president, which is really, it is, it is remarkable to me um, how far gone the Republican party has that they're, they're, uh, they're just letting all this go. And I blame Kevin McCarthy a lot. You know, everybody's, oh, you know, we should have helped McCarthy. Like, no, and McCarthy made a choice and he flew to Mar-a-Lago took that picture and bent the knee. This is truly, this is nothing more than the arc of justice that they saw coming. And there's no need for us to save them from themselves. And and and, uh, I, and I do worry about the country, obviously. But, you know, I don't know. You know. Going back to that, by the way, I forgot, you know, I don't know if you saw it before, right before we went to the studio. They can't even get the full caucus to come to the caucus meeting right now. There's literally only two, the last time I checked, there's only 209 Republicans actually even meeting right now. Literally, they can't, they don't have a majority right now. I mean, at some point we may flip the house because they're not showing up for work or something. It's it's insane. And one thing, Fred, on that, Nancy Pelosi for the last couple of years governed with almost the exact same slim majority right. 
And you never saw, I'm going to do the split screen here. You never saw the Democrats do anything but unite and galvanize behind Nancy Pelosi and democratic ideals and get things done. She didn't have the luxury of any more votes than McCarthy did, but she didn't have to bend the knee on day one in order to get the speakership by agreeing that any one congressperson could do a motion to vacate to take him out. He had to do that to get the, that the Gates wing of the party to agree to him. And it was Gates as Brutus that pulled out the knife less than a year later to take him out. That's because they changed the vote because he sold his soul to the devil McCarthy in order to get the job that he always wanted. How did it turn out for you, McCarthy? Not great, right? Yep. I mean, these guys keep flying to the sun and melting, (laughs) right? You know, it's, it's, and Jim Jordan, I say the same thing about Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan's gotten away with a lot of things. Uh, There's lots of talk about the, you know, but these, I swear to what he wants to, when the minute Jim Jordan, if he takes that gavel and the Nash, the real national media, tunes into Jim Jordan's background. It's going to be a short-lived one, right? Yeah, yeah. I interviewed uh, I interviewed Jamie Harrison the other day at the DNC fall meeting here in St. Louis. And uh, I wish you'd run the clip, Matt. He, he did a great, he said, yeah, you know, we, we knew when they took the house, it was going to be short-term rental. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like an Airbnb and we're going to clean the place out, like steam it, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's, if, you know, if wars weren't going on and Israel didn't yeah. need our, undiv- and Israel didn't yeah. need our undivided attention, yeah. if Zelensky didn't need our undivided attention, I, it would, it would be great political. It would be great domestically, politically for Joe Biden yeah. to stand as the Washington post said in, in an op-ed piece to see the president and contrast the executive branch that's in the hands of adults. Some people might think he's too seasoned of an adult, but he is an adult. Say what you want about Joe Biden, but 50 years on the national stage and complete transparency, uh, he literally, Joe Biden literally met as a young 30-year-old senator with gold in my ear at the time of the Yom Kippur War. Who can say that on the MAGA side? Nobody. But when you have that split screen, with the with the not even kindergarten with the nursery school food throwing that's going on there i would normally say this is great for joe biden but because we have such a bigger set of national security interests to worry about i don't have the luxury i I haven't caught myself smiling at something you just said about their inability to caucus a caucus and normally i would laugh out loud at that but i am so incensed yeah i'm so worried about our national security because of what the enemy is watching, Putin, yeah. China, and 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 the Arab world, at, and they don't understand our democracy. Yes, democracy is messy. Yeah. Okay. This is what the founding fathers left us. Yes. Or as Ben Franklin said, right? It's a republic if you can keep it. Yeah. You know, a constitutional republic. Great. And it gets messy. And I kind of always like the messiness, but messiness that undermines the ability to govern. Yeah. Then then we've gone beyond the pale, and now we're into undermining national security. And that's where we are. And that's my challenge, too, is I, I, I'm, I'm a politico, but I'm also a veteran. And to watch it, and, and I've got kids. My, my son-in-law is still in the Army. Um, my son served. You know, it's, it's, it's horrifying to me to know what's happening. And, and I, I say a lot on, the sh- on, on, on some of my hot takes and shows, this is a long-term impact, right? This isn't as simple like what Tuberville's doing. Um, if you understand, you don't make generals overnight. I don't hire generals. I build generals. And when, when Millie left, Millie served 43 years in the army. Now imagine if Millie, when he was a lieutenant colonel like I was and got out at 22, I retired at 22. Imagine if Millie, you know, any of these generals have made that decision because they see the insanity. They see that their positions are now been politicized. Because look, now that P- Tuberville's done it, he's opened Pandora's box. Now everyone, there, there, there's going to be a nut job who's going to think that's the way to get around things. There's going to be, we have very, very good, talented leaders who are, are national security leaders 20 years from now who are saying right now, Oh, hell with this, right? They're, they're saying it's not worth it. And, and I know because I'm literally hearing those words from colleagues who are still in or colleagues and friends of theirs saying good men and good women are saying, I don't need this smoke. I don't need to know that the rest of my crew in the military, as I get higher in rank, I'll always be questioned. I'll be called woke. I'll be attacked. My personal life will be attacked for how I want to live my life. They can go get out and get a job at Boeing tomorrow, right? The good people will get out. This is what happened in 90 during the drawdown with Clinton. Before, yeah. You know, he did the right thing. We were too big. And like any like any time a company downsizes, right, the good people leave first because they can find a job somewhere else. 
And so that's what gives me such horror where the Republicans are using the military especially as a political pounding, you know, a political a tool. Um, they've truly politicized the military. It isn't wokeism or the abortion travel law, which is a, med- a reasonable medical red- – I mean, look, when I had uh, – I needed – when I had – I had Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is a whole story. And I had – I couldn't get the test at Fort Rucker, so I had to go to Fort Bragg. And they paid my way, right? <laughs> you know, that's it. The medical care wasn't available in Alabama, so I had to go where it was – you know, I could. And, and abortions aren't available in Alabama, so they're going to need to go to, I don't know, Minnesota. We pay for that. That's normal. I can't choose where I get stationed. So it's it's especially infuriating for me. And going back to the electoral thing, though, and this is what does make me nervous because there's so much going on. I mean, this is all occurring while early voting is occurring, ongoing. In There's an election in Virginia right now where Glenn Youngkin, the, the, the MAGA with a red vest, a comfy red vest, <laughs> is trying to get unified control of the government under the Republican rule. I mean, I just keep saying as much as I can to everybody I talk to, if you want this for your state, then stay out of that election. And then all this is unfolding as people are finally starting to pay attention to our own election. And I saw a poll for CNN did a poll. I don't know if you saw it yet, but CNN came out of the poll, I think today showing that Republican support has plummeted uh, as far as support for Republican leadership. They they went from a majority, I think 54% support of Republican leadership of Congress. It's down to 46. So they're, they're dropping fast because people are watching this clown show. It just... I want to be happy about that, but you're right. We are in the middle of a crisis. We can't really take too much joy in it. I guess. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, um, yes, it's going to make, it's going to increase the, uh, greatly the ability or the, or the probability that the Democrats are going to retake the house and the Senate. we need a, we need a larger majority in the Boy, Senate. Do one we. Of the reasons, Man, do we. One of the reasons we're having problems with Tuberville and the cloture voting is because cinema is not trustworthy yep. and neither is mansion. And we need every vote there in yeah. order to in order to make it happen. If we get if we go to fifty three or fifty four, then we don't have that problem, and that's where we like to be. And I, I think the only if the if the pitch that's being made by both parties right now is put the party back in power at every all three branches that has a a um, proven track record to be able to govern to lead, to unify behind their their leadership within both both uh, both houses. Um, it's only the Democrats. The the yeah. Republic. The only thing you can take away from watching this is this uh, this uh, dumpster fire is that the Republicans are not mature or unified enough to lead, and they have no leader that can unify them. And so you take that out. The question is, Fred, though, is what is it doing to Trump's numbers? I am so tired of seeing yeah. that that Trump and Biden are some somehow head to head in in voting yeah. uh, you know but joe biden has accomplished not only more than i thought he would in his first term domestically and i'm happy with his foreign policy and what what blinken and jake sullivan and others have done but he's done more than most presidents have done in their first term on a yeah. domestic front um and the economy is humming along yep but he's a terrible the one thing he's terrible at he's terrible at his own public relations and it's, it's, and right now it's not the time because we're at you know we're kind of supporting a couple of war effort. Yeah. But he's got to get out there with talking points to talk about all the good things that have happened with investment in chip production, yeah. electric electric battery production, the internet and Wi-Fi around the country, poverty, slashing poverty numbers and child and child poverty numbers, yep. all the things that line up with all of our morals, infrastructure investment. And then, you know, what he's done, let's stop talking about the airlift out of wherever yep. and let's focus on what he's done in the last year and a half to make NATO stronger, obviously, uh, including the addition of two countries we never thought would be in NATO. Well, NATO would go to, away. <laughs> right. And to support Ukraine, yes, with billions of dollars of aid and military advisors, but not one loss of an American on the ground in Ukraine and yet that tiny country which should have been overrun by the so by by I said the Soviet Union mm. by Russia within 90 days is still fighting yep. and we're coming up on 2 years has dismantled it, 50% of the Russian military power with less than 5% of our budget uh, I was going to say and took down hundreds of thousands of Russians already yep um, so this should all be to the benefit to the kudo yep. of this of the president and yet the, the narrative of he's doddering, he falls upstairs, he's old, he's senile, can, is persistent and durable. And we as Democrats have to 
push back and fight it. I, I, do. I do. I can't tell you how many talking points I have to deal with in my regular life yeah. with people who are claimed to be moderate Republicans and thinking adults who give me the um, Kamala's running things. Obama's, right. this, is my, this is my favorite one. Obama is running the day-to-day <laughs> operations of the White House. I said, really, how does he do that? Yeah. He's, he just sits on a Zoom all day long, yeah. giant head of Obama in the background, making pronouncements. Is that how you think? You the see White how relaxed he is? He looks so relaxed. He's not doing that. Right. <laughs> his shirt off? He looks great. He looks great. He looks happy. I've, I watched the man for years. I watched him gray. I used to work in but, D.C. You but know? they have, but because they don't, they don't Delusional. and can't give credit no. No. To Joe Biden, yeah. they have to give credit to ghosts and goblins and Kamala yeah. and used to be Nancy was running everything. And then it's the, the, the only thing they don't say is Hillary or Bill are running anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the only thing. And, and then the, the steadiness. I mean, we have not changed yeah. a single cabinet officer. I, I don't know in my lifetime I've seen an administration go through the entire administration without losing a single cabinet officer. They've all stayed. They've all – there's been no yeah. scandals. It, it is remarkable the stability that we that you wanted. But the stability also it's, – it's, it really is truly the dog doesn't bite. You know, the story is never dog doesn't bite man, right? And, and so we're constantly chasing our tail in that way. I do think it's encouraging what I'm seeing from this. It'll be interesting to see what the numbers are next week with the strong – Strong showings he's shown supporting Israel, his strong, powerful speeches. I mean, there's 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 no doddering old man in those speeches. That speech he gave for Israel the other day was just and and I'm I'm one of those guys, you know, I'm not a big cheerleader guy. <laughs> Everybody knows the show knows I'm not a big rah-rah guy, but I was very impressed. I think that speech was passion. It it showed his heart. Uh, it showed the strength that he goes. It shows the depth of his knowledge. I mean, you know, I, I say it a lot. It, it, you can it, 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 senators often aren't great presidents because, and is going back to what you just said about him not taking credit very well. It's that senator thing, right? It's all about you know being colloquial, yeah. being my colleague. I mean, if you think about a senate, the, the club of a hundred, right? The club right. of a hundred. I'm just one of a hundred. You know, me and my you know my colleagues on the side, and 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 but the strength of that in this moment where we needed that for um, NATO. I mean, what was, what was the first thing he came out with? Five country statement from UK, um, uh, France, Italy, and Germany supporting Israel, okay? <laughs> I mean, within, within 48 hours, we had an international group saying, hey, we support them. We are going to make sure that nobody does any, gets any bright ideas. That's what a senator does. That's where we uh, grew NATO. I mean, in our moment, we've got the right guy in the job. Well, a couple of things back to you, our vintage. Um, There was no bigger war hawk in uh, in the in the Democrats than Joe Biden. That's right. In the the 80s and 90s. Yes. Um, People forget that. People kind of forget what he was a senator. There wasn't a war that Joe Biden didn't like. That's true. That was the criticism of him. Yeah. Right. So now we've got old war hawk Joe back, who's now, in addition to that, is pissed and upset. And it's triggering for him his own emotional composition because he lost his family right before he uh, took office. In fact, he was was thinking about not getting sworn in as a senator as a 30-year-old because two weeks earlier he lost his wife and two children in a car accident. And every time he talks about loss, and he saw the photos or they were described to him about decapitated people, babies, bullet-riddled babies and the like, and came to that podium, you know, they, they, you know, I don't know if they showed it to him to geek him up for the, but he was, he Steel. was very, very upset um, when he took to that podium and did something no president has ever done. He called Hamas a terrorist organization yep. um, as they controlled Gaza and his peace plans and peace diplomacy be damned. He's going to call it for what it is. And then there was three things you and I talked a little bit yesterday in kind of pre-production about the three things I wanted to see Biden do. And he's already done two. And the third one is he's still got time on the clock. Immediately, I want him to come out and do a strong statement along with all of his other diplomats and countries of support for Israel right away and get and get the military aid flowing, which which he's doing. That was one. The second is I wanted him to refreeze that bank account in Korea in South Korea, that $6 billion that was supposed to be going over to Tehran in order for them to release the hostages. Yeah. Good news is the hostages are out, but the money wasn't. Yeah. So I want to I kidnap the money and hold it hostage yeah. until we figure out Tehran's role. We already know Hamas, Hamas and its leadership doesn't wipe its ass without an approval by the, uh, by the Ayatollah yep. and at all. Just like Israel 
doesn't do anything towards Iran in terms of bombing oil fields or nuclear reactors unless Uncle Joe tells him it's okay. Same thing there. So the third thing I want is I want an oil field and or a nuclear reactor hit in Iran to pay them back for the support of Hamas. That's got to be the Israeli fighter jets with support from NATO. That's got to come from the U.S., it's a bold move, yeah. But it's one I think you, I think you have to do at this time. Otherwise, you're giving license and invitation for um, uh, the Syrians and the and the Iranians to try to attack and tear down Israel. Israel just got caught, as one of our Israeli friends said to me privately, who's, who's living there. He said, "We didn't just caught. We didn't just get caught with our pants down. We got caught with no pants on." Mm. Uh, and that has to change. I mean, I'm not sure that. After this wartime cabinet and unified government does what it has to do over the next three to six months in in, re, in reshaping its relationship, I'll put it nicely, with yeah. Gaza and Hamas. Hamas will no longer be around to be negotiating with. Netanyahu, based on polling, will probably be forced out of the government. Yeah. Just Forever. as Gold in My Ear was far forced out after the Yom Kippur War. Yeah. I mean, it's something like 90% of Israelis want Netanyahu to pay the price for what just happened to them. Yeah. And and it's not just the intel failure. It's the, the policies of folks, folks in the West Bank, the coalition of government he built. I mean, the very root of this came from his policies to kind of keep help Hamas a little bit so he could undermine the Palestinian Authority. I mean, this has been his okay. actual policy and it's coming back to roost in a very. Yeah. Well, the mow the way. lawn policy, which was every yeah. couple of years, we got to mow the lawn yeah. and take out some Hamas buildings and and terrorists. That doesn't work when you, you know, and, and there was a little bit of. um cockiness, unfortunately, and I'm a, I'm a huge supporter of Israel, been there a number of times, um, to put so many virtually unprotected and vulnerable kibbutzes yeah. lined up along the Hamas-Gaza border yeah. um, and hope and, and just think that the, the, the vaunted Israeli intelligence and security apparatus was going to somehow protect these people. These people didn't. They just dropped off a thousand M16s now. These people were not, other than their safe rooms, they were not armed. They did not have barbed wire and soldiers appointed there. And that's why this was an easy, unfortunate strike of vulnerable, innocent civilians, 1,500 of them, 200 of them at a music festival. We lost 56 people at a Las Vegas music festival because of a lone gunman at a hotel. Israel just lost 200 people who were, who were who were dancing for peace yeah. at a music festival in the in you know in the desert who got wiped out by hang gliders and approaching soldier approaching terrorists uh, from Hamas yeah horrifying right? i mean did the whole thing horrifies me and and it just there's no easy answers i mean obviously it's going to be tough these next few weeks are going to be tough Israel's going to make some very difficult choices they're going to make people uncomfortable uh but we don't have a choice at this point uh that is become an axis i think that's something you know the old axis of evil nobody wants to say that anymore because of, of bush's legacy but the fact is iran is funding russia giving russia weapons many that many of the drones that russia is using against ukrainians are coming from iran to include having ukrainian uh on ukrainian territories iranian <laughs> trainers are uh, in Russia. You were actually they're all running. Yeah, all, they're the, all, all the drones. All the, are coming. All the yeah, they're all coming from Iran, right? right? So, so to see something like Josh Hawley, my Missouri senator here, say we should stop funding Ukraine and give the money to Israel, it's like it, 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 the, the stupidity and the lack of understanding. And he's not a stupid person. He's he's just a malignant j- jackass. Um, that <laughs> that goes towards the idea that we should stop funding one war that because one's existential, and the other, they're both existential crises, and the entire thing we're up against, Russia, Iran, China, these are our existential crises for the entire world. And we can't walk away from that. The, the idea that at some point we could just walk away just kind of makes me crazy. Look, Again, we, not just we, as a political guy, but as also a veteran. You know this better than me. We, we, we have the capacity and the ability to fight yeah. several wars on yeah. several fronts at the same time. I don't know if it's still the four war strategy or it's certainly three. That's fighting. Right. We can supply and give military aid to two wars at the same time in these two regions. Um, the Biden administration has let everybody know that. We have the dollars to do it. We've got the armament to do it. We've yep. got the war contractors to do it. And we've got the desire. And more importantly, we don't have, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And both are important. One should not be traded for the other. One right. has to do, I mean, they're interconnected in that. The first place that, uh, um, the PLA 
leader wanted to go to have a conversation was Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia wants Israeli instability. Russia and Iran want Israeli instability yep. and to undermine them. Yep. Putin, who used to be, who, who used to be a self-professed uh, supporter of Jews, building a Jewish museum in Moscow and all this other stuff, has been eerily silent about attacking Hamas at all. Normally, yep. when there's terrorist things that happen, any things that happen to the Jews, he comes out and says something. There's a reason he's not saying anything because he he supports it because it's another way to undermine yep. the United States of America. Because if we see it as our vital interest, then Putin sees it as his vital interest to yep. oppose it. And he's got his useful idiots like Josh Hawley saying, hey, we should do it. And, and, and that's where we're at. So, well, this has been a great conversation. I want to keep it any longer. Man, I really appreciate your time. This has been a blast. Uh, the crossover event of the century. <laughs> and uh, as always, where can we uh, tell everybody where they can find you from our show? Sure. Um, social media, I'm at MS Popak on every place you get social media, including now threads. Yes. I do I do hot takes like like uh, Fred does at the intersection of law, politics, and justice about every day, sometimes every hour, also exclusively on the Midas Touch Network. And if you like hot takes and shows like this, you want to see a little bit more on the legal political side, come over to Legal AF, also on the Midas Touch Network. We do it Wednesdays and Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Put it on podcast audio platforms wherever you can get them. And I do it with Karen Friedman Ignifilo, who's a 30-year prosecutor, wow. uh, former prosecutor on Wednesdays. And I do it with Ben Micellis, co-founder of the Midas Touch Network on Saturdays. Legal AF. It is what you think. A lot of people ask me, what does it mean? <laughs> It's what you think. It's what you exactly think. And it's a great show. It's my, there's a reason it's the most popular show on the network. So I really appreciate your time, brother. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Fred. Talk to you soon. Man, I've been wanting to do that for a while. So, so great to have uh, Popak on here with us. Brilliant, as you can see. You can see why I love being on the Myers Touch Network so much. Hey, before we get too far, there's an easy way to follow up. You can go to the Myers Touch Network subscribe uh you can you can actually follow there's playlists for all of your favorite creators like popak and his, his colleagues there's show playlists you can click on the show playlist. you can every time we put a new show it's a great we're growing i think we're at one almost 1.7 million subscribers which is just crazy i just so appreciate you guys being here i love being on the network with my friends like popak and ben and brett and jordy and just I am a, fair, a fortunate, fortunate man. Um, before we walk away from it, I want to do circle back with you about this Virginia election. You know, the the there's a the this is a very key election. Uh, I did a hot take for Myers Touch to out this weekend, but just so you guys know here from the show, this is a really important election, and I know it's an important election because the Republicans said it's an important election. The fact is, Virginia and I think New Jersey are also having elections are the key. They're like bellwethers for the 2024 race because of that. Everybody's testing out their messaging. They're testing out their fundraising, and the Republicans are testing out their voter suppression techniques in Virginia. Like just on the 6th of this month, just a week, less than four or five days ago, it came out that people were legally stripped of their voting rights uh, who had served their time were legally allowed to have their voting rights back, but an automatic mistake had stripped them. While early voting is occurring, Glenn Youngkin's administration is stripping people of their rights to vote. So I can't, if you're in Virginia, I'm begging you, go vote early. Vote Democrat, down the ticket. We need to take back the House. They need to get a bigger margin in the Senate. The lie that Glenn Youngkin's telling about abortion, that he only wants a 15-week ban, and there's going to be exceptions for incest rates, there's nothing that guarantees that's going to happen. When his MAGA people get over, take over the House, they're going to do the most extreme ban you can imagine, and he's going to sign it into law because he's a fraud and a liar. Okay, and I tell you the other sign: billions are flying it. Millionaires are and billion excuse me, billionaires are buying this election. Glenn Youngkin raised four point four million dollars in one forty-eight hour period. Sounds terrifying, right? It gets worse. Three of that came from two billionaires, two, and Glenn Youngkin himself getting there five hundred grand. There's a reason when when you hear that billionaires are buying an election, that should tip you. That should tell you something right there. That should tip you off something's going on. So if you've got the opportunity to support good candidates, a bunch of great candidates, I could put them up on the Substack later, who are running for House, running for state Senate there in, in Virginia. There's the, the Virginia Majority Project. It's a great project. You can look it up. 
It's a great place to put your money or your help. You can postcard for them. You can make calls. You can canvas if you're in the region. Just don't ignore a state-level election because it doesn't really pertain to you. This is a very important election, and the Republicans need to get a message. We have been winning elections. Democrats have been winning elections right and left, overperforming by 12 points in all the special elections and stops. Abortion is on the ballot. Women's right to choose on the ballot. Our kids' education is on the ballot. This is very important. So if you're in Virginia, please go out and vote. Vote early. Vote early. Because if you go to voting, if you go to election day and you're not on the rolls, you can't vote. So vote now. And great thing about Virginia, same day registration. So you can go in, register, and vote early. Last day to register for the vote is Monday the 16th. This is Friday. This Monday is the last day to register to vote if you're a Virginia resident, haven't voted yet, or haven't registered. So please do your do your duty. Do your duty as a citizen. People ask me all the time, what can I do, Fred? I know they're sick of hearing it, but you'd be amazed how people just blow off voting. That's how Glenn Youngkin became governor, because people stayed home. So let's not do that. And on that note, it's why I'm involved with Forgotten Democrats. I'm the national chairman of the Forgotten Democrats for a reason. It's the idea is to ensure that this insanity in the Republican House stops. My God, 23 of these lunatics ran unopposed. These lunatics who just took down our government, 23 of them ran unopposed. 126 of them last cycle didn't even have an opponent, was able to raise $200,000 and put up a fight. This is unacceptable. And now I'm hearing reports already, there's no Democrats running in key districts. Right here in Missouri, where I live in Missouri too, Ann Wagner, who's been getting a lot of press because she's a McCarthy supporter, is running unopposed right now. There's no Democrat against her. We've got to help these candidates. And more often than not, the reason a candidate doesn't run is because they don't know how to raise money. And they have a hard time raising money in their district. Look, if you live in a rural district of Southern Illinois, it's hard to raise money locally. Forgotten Democrats has got a special, our earmark is a special one. The monthly donor programs for a reason. Our earmark allows us to distribute your money directly to the Democratic nominees for Congress, period. Once he's the nominee or that he or, she or the, he or she the nominee, they will get money from the least first. So the Democratic nominee who doesn't have any money, he will get money and it's not limited to the normal donations because until your donation is split amongst multiple do- candidates, until you max out, they don't max out. I really would love you to check out ForgottenDemocrats.org. That's where I, I spend a lot of my time. I'm proud to be a supporter of them. I would love your support for that if you get a chance. An easy way to sign up for our email is you just text 33777. Just text FRED to 33777. That's a great way to get our email list. In the meantime, check out our Substack community. It's still going. Uh, fp1.substack.com. Uh, even though we're shooting, the, I know as you noticed, we're shooting the show on Fridays now. <laughs> and so uh, the last few weeks of Fridays makes Matt crazy. Matt's been getting gray hair back there in the booth and my hair is already a luxurious gray. Uh, but sometimes it makes it exciting on Friday trying to get the show turned around on time. But we're shooting on Fridays now. Uh, but we'll put up the show as soon as we have it up. You can get it early. Uh, if not, you can watch it right here in the Myest Touch Network. We love you being here. As always, you can get our show on your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google. I don't know. There's some ones I've never heard of. Just subscribe, like, leave a comment, share. As always, I try to watch the show with you on Friday night. Love seeing your comments and and, and your participation in our conversations. I love having you guys part of my community. I'm so proud to be a part of the MyStash Network. So proud to be in the fight for our democracy beside all of you wonderful people. Let's gather again next week right here, the same place, same time.